okay, well, I'm so happy to be home. But I just need to take a second and just say thank you to our body. Body put me, took Danny and I had, we'd never been away from the church more than one Sunday at a time. And I took the whole month of April and it was gone. And thank you, thank you to people who came up and preached really well. And we had such amazing good preachers. I know Mike Heiser preached and he said, I listened to him. He said, my goal is to make you want Dax back. <laughs> and I just want to say he failed. Like I want him up in the pulpit more. It was really so good and such a blessing to my own heart to hear. And, and all the men who preached, Mike Miser and, and Johnny Poole and, and, and Sean Cunningham, I'm just real grateful. And, and Aaron, who man, every, it's just amazing. Thank you, church family. You know, somebody in our body gave us a week trip to, to Kauai where I grew up. So I got to take the kids over. We hadn't been for 20 years and show them my stomping grounds. And we went and looked and came back. And then immediately we got sick. And then we've been just sick. And that's the Lord just saying, Dax, quiet, you know. So I had to be quiet. It's really, really good. And, and I think I did good. I mean, they threatened to take away my keys, you know. And so I stayed away pretty well. They didn't have to actually take them. So that's a good thing. And I think I realized that um, I thought I was doing really well at home. Boy, I was Mr. Super Pastor and I was doing it all. And I realized that I maybe wasn't. And to spend time with my family and kids was a really healthy and good thing. So I thank our body for that. It's really, really good. And I'm excited. I'm so excited to be back because we're doing James. So we're doing continuing James this morning. I know we had topicals while I was gone. And we had started James. And I'm excited to do James with you. And that might surprise you because I'm a gospel and grace guy. And a lot of people say James is not that way. And I'm so excited to open James with you, this amazing book of the Bible, and to show you how incredibly good it is for you and I to be in this as those who understand and are saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ alone. And I, I don't know, sometimes you hear the yes, but thing, right? Because all of us say, hey, I, I remember I was saved by grace alone and Jesus did it all and here I am and Jesus did it. But now that I've been saved, it's time to get to work. And a lot of times for that but now piece, people use this book, James, you know, Faith is alone, but the faith that saves is never alone. And really what some people mean by that is get, get after it. And so I, I'm, I'm hoping to show you today that it's not a, a yes, but, but it's James saying the gospel is so true. Look at how it plays out. I don't know about you. I was saved as a kid. I was eight or nine years old. I, I'm not going to tell you how old I am now. Fifty-ish. <clears throat> That's a lot of years. What do I do? I, I was saved by grace. I put my faith in Christ. But now what do I do for the day by day as it goes by and for all of us who are here on earth? There are things that we do every day. And how do, what do we do? What does it look like? James helps. I think of it like a tool, you know? You're not allowed to make fun of me if you're a contractor because I hardly know the front end of a tool. But I have one of those portable um, drill things. I think it's called a power driver or something, and you put the battery in, and it, and it goes. And it, and it have a little Phillips head on it, and it's in there. And I wanted to unscrew this screw from my wall. So I, 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 there I walked up to the screw, and I, I didn't know the name of the thing, that the kind of screw it was, but it was kind of a starbush burst inside. There was a bunch of little ones. And I, all I had was my drill, and it was a Phillips head drill. I thought, oh, I can do it, right? I mean, you just push hard, and that Phillips head will stick in there, and it'll do it. So I stuck it in there and, and, and pushed the little power trigger, and it spun around, and it just started wearing down and making it so it would never come out, right? That's what it did. And as I was going on, I stepped back and go, wait a minute. I have a whole box full of little drill heads. I, I wonder if one of them fits. So I went back to my bag full of junk, and I was looking through it, and I found it, and I found this belt head that just exactly fit. That screw, and so I put it back, and I put that, took that, that drill and, and put it back in and did it, and whoosh, it came right out. What's the point? 
You want to have the right tool. Any contractor will tell you the right tool is what you need, right? If you try and use a tool for what it's not meant for, you're going to go awry. It's not going to work right. I'll tell you, that's, that's us. The thing today that I want you to see, and the title of the message is Look and Don't Forget. Look into what? Because the tool you need to have for post-conversion Christian living, I think is something called the law. That's what James is going to have us look at. But unfortunately, so many of us use it so wrongly, it's like using the wrong drill head on a screw, and we just wreck it the whole thing. So I'm going to want you to use it rightly, and I want to show you how James does it today, because I think it's going to be helpful for your Christian life. So let's take a look. We want to look, and we never want to forget something very particular. I want to do look and just convince with you as we begin. We're in chapter 1. We're going to pick up where we left off, which is verse 19, and show you that James, he's coming from this viewpoint of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're saved by faith alone, in Christ alone. And that starts in, in chapter 1, verse 19. Look at it with me. How are we saved? James says this. He says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Okay. The scene comes up, and here we start this morning, and James is writing, and it sounds like he's just giving us a proverb, something along the lines of, Hey, You've got two ears and one mouth. So listen more than you speak. That's not wrong. I think it's always good to listen, right? But that's not exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about, as we start, he's talking about all the ways you get angry about injustice, about wanting things to be right, about control, about making things in order, and they don't go in order, and you get mad, and you want to impose, and you want to grab, and you want to make it right. Because all that stuff that you do, it, it, it actually what you really need is something else. This resonates with us, I know. Because look what he says. He says, therefore, put away all filthiness and all rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. That implanted word is able to save your souls. That's what he writes, right? That's pretty amazing. Do you know what you have on your own? Filthiness and rampant wickedness. He says that's the stuff you have is filthiness or rampant wickedness. You may not see that in yourself very clearly, but, but James says this is what you have. You need to put away all the bad stuff, and what you need is not to do, but to receive, right? This is what salvation is for you and me. I, I, this is what I did when I, I turned from me and my self-striving, and I turned to Jesus, my only hope, and I receive him, all that he's done, my Savior who died on a cross for my sins. And I say, okay, I've received him. I receive, and James even says, you receive the implanted word. It's almost like, you know, I know, well, we do our garden on Mother's Day. It's coming up. It's almost like you do the soil, and then, and then you get the plants or little seedlings, and you plant them in. That's implanting, right? So there you are, just soil, and someone else, someone else is implanting in you the word. So this, I, I don't think many of us disagree with this. This is amazing and true, and James gets it. He's saying, here, what you do, you receive. You receive the word. This is your salvation, by the way. Not your filthiness, even your good deeds are filthiness, but you're receiving Jesus. This is how you're saved. That's what he says, right? This is what's able to save your souls, not you doing, but you receiving this word. And so we're there. And I feel like all of us and most of us in Christianity, that we're very good there. It's, it's a conversion piece. It's a, this is how I came to Christ. I turned from me and I turned to Jesus. With me so far? There's a problem. What's the problem? 
I didn't suddenly transpose to heaven. What do I do? How do I live this out? And here's, James says, yeah, there's a problem. You might be deceived in your doing. How you do this, Christianity? So he says in verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Hmm. That's one that's kind of easy to understand and I hope resonates with you. It is so easy. There are so many people who seem to hear the good news and to say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus, but they don't do the word. Oh yeah, Jesus, he's great. Oh, fantastic, I love Jesus. What's for dinner? That kind of stuff, right? It's like, does it really matter to you that Jesus does? It seems like you just hear and you don't do. And, 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 and isn't that a problem? James says it is a problem. But here's the thing you really need to get. This is important for us from the scriptures. What does James consider to actually be the problem? What is it to be a hearer and not a doer? Because we jump into, I know, I know what it is. This is our thinking in our flesh, in our logic, in the things that we go right there when we just hear those words and you don't consider the context, which we need to consider. You'll do this. You'll do something like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People say they hear Jesus, but they don't do the commands. That's what we think. It's logical, right? You can say, yeah, I love Jesus, but then you still steal money from the bank. You still are unfaithful to your spouse. You still don't read your Bible. There's other things that you, you should do that you don't do, and, and there are things you should do. I'm glad James is getting after that, you might say. Except we haven't really looked at the context, have we? So let's look. What is it? James gives us an understanding of this problem, verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Well, that's kind of interesting. Don't you think this is a little bit different than you would have thought? That's not how I would just presented it to you. This is a little different. You're hearing the word and not doing the word is an issue of forgetting. That's what he says. It's like looking in a mirror, he says, right? You look in the mirror, and I did this this morning. Maybe you did too. I looked in the mirror, and I saw myself. It was not a pretty picture. I sat there, and I looked, and I saw the reflection, the truth about me, and I looked at it, and then I combed my hair, and I brushed my teeth, and I did my share, the things that I do while I look at this mirror because it gives an image of who I am, and it reveals me. While I'm sitting there and looking at me, I remember who I am and what I look like. And I remember that ugly picture and I see it. And James says, the problem is you're like that with this word. And you walk away and you forget. This is the problem of hearing versus doing, says James. So it's not that I miss the five or ten or hundred commands that I was supposed to do. It's that I forget what I look like. It's that I forget who I am, the truth that's revealed about me, and you forget it. This is what he's getting at. This is the word we receive, we, right? Because we've heard this amazing grace. We hear the gospel. We hear we receive the gift implanted like we're dirt and it's life. And, and then when we're not looking directly at this word, we, we forget it. I don't want to forget. I don't want to be a forgetter, do you? 
I want to do life in light of the gospel. How do I do it? And now, so now we're coming to the point of this morning. This is the center. This is the tool that James gives us to use rightly to help daily living doing. Helps us to remember. What does he say? But the one, verse 25, who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. That's an amazing statement. This is the word of God. What does it say? Do you see what he's done? Do you see that he set up this image of you looking at something? And then he says what that mirror is, is the perfect law, the law of liberty. It might be helpful to hear this verse in another translation. This is, this is the USB translator's handbook. It's uh, people that actually um, help translators in other languages get the sense of each verse. And the, the handbook for this verse says this, whoever studies the perfect teaching that frees people from sin and death and keeps on doing this, God will bless him in everything he does. He's a person who doesn't simply listen, but puts the teaching into practice. Does that help? The issue becomes this, because again, if you take this, forget the context, and you say with me, okay, Dax is saying something. What is he saying? He's saying the law is a tool. So then you say, well, okay, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the law and I'm going to get it done. I'm going to do it. I'm going to accomplish it. And I would say to you, you realize that's not what the verse says? I don't care how you've heard it. I don't care how many people have not actually read the verse and instead just jumped to saying, you need to do the law. You realize it's saying the law is a mirror that reveals something. So the issue becomes this. I put it on another colored slide so you would see it. What does the law reveal about you that you should never forget? What does the law actually show you now about you that you shouldn't forget? That's the danger because the danger for James is that you'll look at something and when you're looking at it, you get it. I get it, I get it, I get it. But when you forget it, you're not doing the word. So you see what the issue is, right? It's not get something done. It's don't forget something that's being shown to you. What is it? This is very important. Because, because of what it says, right? Did you see what it says? It says that the one who does this, if you, if you keep after this, if you don't forget, you'll be blessed in all you're doing. You know what I want to be in my life? I want to be blessed in all that I do. I want us, us to be blessed in what we do. Don't you? If it's rules, we'll do it. If it's, if it's you got to keep these 10 ones, we'll do it. If it's got to keep these thousands, we'll do it. Anything that's going to say to you and me, and I want this for you, I want this for you like I want this for my kids, my family, I want you to get blessed like this. But the blessing is what you understand, the law of liberty, the perfect law, to be revealing. And again, James has, list, has linked it to your conversion. He's linked it to this, this is what saves you. So he's linked it to that. So I want to ask you, what, what did the law show you at conversion? This is the key, right? Because at conversion, you saw it. The problem is you forget it when you leave. The law showed you a conversion. Did it show you the things that you were going to accomplish? 
I don't think it did. I think it showed you what a stinking bad picture the mirror revealed. Right? Isn't that what Jesus did in the Sermon on the Mount? He took the Walt Lawn. He didn't say, okay, guys, jump it. He said, you guys, it's higher than you can jump. He did that for me. I thought I was a good kid. But as I was in the Bible and reading and looking, I realized what Jesus was actually saying is that I could never be angry with my brother ever. You haven't probably met either of my brothers. If you did, you would understand the impossibility of that statement. Sorry, Chad Shea, if you ever hear this. I, I realized that I could never look at another woman with lust ever, not even a glance. I realized that if, if that was going to happen, I should pluck out my eyes. I, I, I realized that I should never, ever let my right hand know what my left hand is doing. I, they always know. I realized I should never, ever be, be worrying about anything. Come on. Who here, if you haven't ever lain awake at night worrying about anything? I do it all the time. You should rejoice always. Come on, rejoice. Doesn't that, you hear the force of those commands and you realize you don't do it. And what Jesus actually does is he shows those things. If the law is the mirror, what's the law again? I think it's really important for you and I to understand. When James uses it, he, he, you could put big L. He means the law of God. He means the law of Moses. He means the law of the Torah as, as amplified and understood by Jesus Christ. He just didn't take the law and rip it up. Jesus said, yeah, right? I mean, you remember Luke 10. Luke 10's a great story. The, the, the scholar comes to Jesus and, and says to Jesus, he says, hey, how do I get to heaven? And Jesus says to him, what do you think? The guy says, why? Well, I, I think what I should do is I should love the Lord my God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then I should love my neighbor as myself. And Jesus says, you got it. If you do that, you will live. Guys, if it ended right there, if the story ended right there, if Luke 10 ended right there, we could go ahead and say, okay, look at the law of liberty and do it, and you will go to heaven. Of course, if I actually said that, you should throw rocks at me. That's not how you get to heaven. Luke 10 didn't end there. The guy says, oh, I think I'm doing pretty good. Who's my neighbor? And Jesus gave them such a story of love that the man would never, ever do it. Because the only one who actually loves in a way that is perfect and true and honest and, and real is Jesus Christ and our only hope is him. And the guy is giving opportunity after opportunity to fall to his knees and to say, I don't do it. Not, oh, okay, I'll get it done, Jesus. Right? So when I came to Jesus, it was because I realized I'm not good. And the law revealed that I'm not good. And so I was broken. And I turned and said, Jesus, I have no other hope. I'm going to trust you. That's what I saw in the mirror. That's what we see in the mirror. Let me just show you a few verses to make sure you understand that the, this is what the Bible says about the law. Here's Romans 7. The very commandment, the law, that promised life proved to be death to me. This is what I saw. This is what Paul presents. This is not in conflict with James. This is what we see when we look at the law. We see that it promises life because if you do this, you will live, and it's true, but I don't do it. Here's Galatians chapter 3. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it's written, Cursed be everyone who doesn't abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them. Oh, my goodness. Nobody gets justified by God on the basis of law. 
And again, I hope you don't have trouble with this. It's, it's, it's clear that we don't get saved by works, works of the law. And so this is what I saw in the mirror, that I, I wasn't this way. I wasn't good enough. This is what James is saying, right? You're prone to forget. One more. Here's another one. Now, if the ministry of death, he's talking about the law, <laughs> the ministry of death carved in letters on stone, there's the Ten Commandments, came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end. And he goes on to talk about how much more the ministry of the Spirit. I just want you to see, this is we're talking today about the law. And the law is a tool. And the tool that it got used for you to come to Jesus Christ was it, it was a mirror that showed you how bad you are. Are you with me? Why does that change now? And I think James would say, it doesn't. He would be with Martin Luther. You know Martin Luther. Martin Luther said, lex semper accusat. I know, he spoke in Latin. The law always accuses. It doesn't stop accusing now that you're a Christian. It keeps on saying, it keeps evaluating you, it keeps looking at you. As you say, how am I doing and what am I doing? It keeps saying, not perfect. It keeps after you. That's what we're supposed to, and we, we, we somehow forget this. We, we shouldn't forget that the law condemns. The law doesn't approve, not ever. And, 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 and there it is. I know it pushes me to my knees always. And, and you can say, well, how is that? Why is James using this phrase? It's only here and in chapter two in all the Bible, the law of liberty. I think it's because he gets this. Don't, don't you think? I think he's saying, you look into the perfect law, and just like when you were saved, it shows you your imperfection and your, your, your inability. And so that pathway that I was on for so many years of saying, okay, I'm going to do things for the glory of God. I'm going to get better, and I'm going to get incrementally better. And here I go getting incrementally better, and there I am. And it put me on this thing called a ladder. You know the thing about a ladder? It's pressure all the time. There's no freedom in it. It's just me having to make sure I go forward and I step forward. And if I don't, I'm in trouble. Instead, what the law does is it continues to say, no hope here. One of those big signs with a slash through it. This way closed. So that my liberty, my hope, my freedom is only in Jesus and what he's done. That's what the law does. It prevents me from my natural inclination, my staining by the world that I have inside me that wants me to be in control, that wants me to be the one who's the hero, that wants me to be the victorious one, that wants me to be it. It's okay to me to say that to you. You think less of me. I, I'm constantly striving not to be the one who is on top. So, so this is the mirror, right? This is what the law reveals. This is what James is saying. This perfect law reveals our imperfection. Do you see what it means then? Not to be a doer of the word. It means, it, it doesn't mean, oh, it means you're not doing the law enough. Oh, how the opposite of what you, the, the Bible is actually saying here, right? He's saying to not persevere in what the law is revealing about you, that you have no hope in you. None. Not before not after. My loyalty, my trust all the way through is in Jesus Christ alone. Never forget it. The law becomes this wonderful tool. 
when it's used rightly, to constantly not allow me to hop streams and go over to start doing things that are against the gospel, like I've forgotten it's even true. The law helps me. This is James's way. This is Paul's way. This is Christ's way. Look at yourself in the mirror and never forget. And I just think, I mean... Again, you're going to think I'm really silly. Here it is. It's, we have in our house one of these mirrors. It was there when we moved in. I didn't put it in. But it's one of those round ones that magnifies. One side is like three times, and the other side likes ten times or something. And I'll say late at night when I'm tired. It's usually when I'm tired at night. I'm like, yeah, just, I find it fascinating to just look at it. You turn the light on, you just kind of stare at it. And I realize I'm, it, it's, I'm really ugly. Like, like from far away, all of us. But honestly, if I put you in this, you would be too. I mean, you makeup and stuff, I, okay. But I'm telling you, from a long way off, we can all look okay. But when you really get close, there are little pits and scars and acne things and pimple. I'm ugh. gross. Yeah, that's the law revealing. The mirror, if you really get it, you really look, it, it, it pushes me to see that. That's me. And so what an amazing liberty and freedom that I'm loved and cherished, not because of my getting better, not because of that, though I long for it, but by trusting my Savior. He sees me like that. He sees me in, in, in microscopic vision, all of these flaws and faults and crannies and valleys and yuck. And he loves me. This is my faith. This is why I'm here. Do you know what this leads to? Do you know why this is important? Do you know why this is such a great tool? Because what it's called is pushing me towards the mark of the Christian. What's the mark of the Christian? Humility. Isn't it? There's one thing. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the humble. The Lord raises the... How do you stay humble as you're a Christian or as the world pushes you or different things happen? I'll tell you how. Use the law. You look at how you're doing and it says you're not doing well and that's great for you because it breaks you and it keeps you humble. And, and I realize as I look at you and I see your sin, I, I, you're just like me. We're both humble. For both of us, for all of us, our only hope is in Jesus Christ. We have no other hope, none at all. And so that lets us be the same. It lets us actually care and love each other. It lets us associate with those who can't do anything for us. Otherwise, we'd always be thinking about, okay, who can help me in my discipleship? I'll go find a mentor. I'll go find somebody who can advance my career. I'll go find somebody who can get me ahead. And, and that's the opposite of what James says we're doing. Because look what he says in verse 26. He says this. He says, if anyone thinks he's religious, okay, I'm religious, I love Jesus, and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, how do we deceive our heart? We forget who we are. That person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Okay, he's not saying this because orphans and widows are special. He's saying this because he's identifying the lowest and the least and people that can never help you, but they're starving. It's not like, oh, God wants you to go do some great good work. It's no, you get to associate and love on the people just because you get to, not because they do for you. It's amazing. Why would I ever be there? Because I don't forget that I'm just like them. We have no hope except Jesus. That's all we have. 
That's all. This is the revelation of the perfect law of liberty that makes sure I don't find value in me, but puts my identity in Christ. So, so we don't live life to gain favor. I live life because I have favor in Christ. Okay, well, here's the thing this morning. Don't, don't misunderstand. You, 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 you. You are loved and treasured and cherished and adored. You're adopted into the family of God if you believe in Jesus. You are valued so highly. It's all what Jesus has done, right? But you are. From start to finish, united to God, and because of what Christ has done. And that's the way we got here, to be loved and righteous, is to trust Jesus. That's all we can do. And at the same time, the way we got here, most of us, is by our understanding that we're condemned by the law. Condemned. We cannot, we never could do, we stand accused, and we need to persevere in that picture. The law accuses always, before conversion, after conversion. It's what Christianity is. And so we stand here, let me give you one example before we close, so you get practical. Because you say, this is, I, I kind of get it, but it's really heady. What, are we, what is this? I talked to my wife about it earlier. She's like, yeah, this is, that's pretty deep, Dax. Let me give you one example from our family. So one of our girls, I'm not going to tell their names. It's not, that's not the point at all. One of our girls gets angry and frustrated at the other one. And they go back and forth and they're angry and they both sin on each other. Well, the one gets, and so we step in and I step in as dad and I say, hey, be kind. To step in and give him a little bit of law, right? Stop that. She gets mad and she yells back at me and runs upstairs and hides in her bed. What do I do? How do I think of that? Here's what I don't do. I don't say it doesn't matter. I don't say, oh, law doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Let her sin all over. Doesn't, who cares? Jesus paid it all. That's not what I do. It's not what you should do. I'm not going to forget that the law accuses her. I'm not going to let her forget it. So I call her down. I say, you got to be right here. I don't care that you're crying. You get down here and you stand here. We're talking right now. And we talk. There it is. I say, do you realize that you're sinning? And, and even now, double whammy. You've disobeyed dad. Oh, grovel. I don't say grovel, but I hit her with the double whammy, right? Because, because what I want to do is I want her to see she's not good. What's my goal in doing that? Well, I'm going to make her never do this again. No, I'm not doing that. You know why I'm not doing that? I can't. I don't have the power to not have her do that again. You're, you're crazy if you think you do. That's called the anger of man, not accomplishing the righteousness of God. But what I can do is I can really say, no, it matters. Girl, you're not who you should be. Guess what? Neither's dad. I failed too. Let me show you how I fail. If you really are failing, see that you're failing. And see that your only hope's not in you getting better. See that your only hope is in a Savior who adores you even when you're that way. Do you know as my kid processes that, that over the next 10, 15 minutes, you know what she starts doing? Crying and getting soft. Because that's what grace does. But, but if she doesn't realize there's grace, if she doesn't realize that she's wrong and that she's evil and that there's actually, she's not who she should be, then you haven't applied the law enough. The law gets in there and it gives you the, the look at how you're bad so that you're in wonder that you've got a Savior who still loves you. And that, that's amazing. It's not just amazing for my kid, it's amazing for me.
We were in Hawaii. I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. And when we went, there were these big swells. I don't know if you know what a swell is. It's the surf was too high, and they had closed all the beaches, kind of, but closing just means they say it's too dangerous to go out. Hey, it was our seven days in Hawaii. We were getting in the water. So we went down to go snorkeling. I've got an 8-year-old and a 10-year-old. They don't swim all that great. And they're these big swells. And so I wanted to go snorkeling with them. So we put on all our snorkeling gear and we hopped in the water. And, 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 and the, the most important thing for me that I never wanted them to forget, hold on to dad. You ever see uh, Finding Dory, the mantis? Kind of, but there I was, the mantis. So my arms out and they were held one on each arm. And we were probably 12 inches from the shore. But they were having a blast. Do you know what would have been a tragedy and a horror? Is if they would say, I'm supposed to swim. I'm supposed to be strong here. And they let go of me and start swimming out, thinking they were doing, thinking they were accomplishing. Instead of what they're supposed to do is hang on to me. Because my one thing for them was don't let go of me. You can swim. They kicked around. But I was the one who was making sure that they were safe. This is our life in Christ. Our only liberty, our only hope is that Jesus Christ keeps us safe. It's not that you get strong enough to go swim on your own. Never. And James says, you keep looking at this perfect law, the law of liberty, not because you accomplish, because it pushes you back into the arms of your Savior. And, and this will help you all week long. When you again and again see your own failure or see your success, when you see other people's sin against you or their, or, or their blessing of you, and, and you're able to stay humble and trust in Jesus. This is the gospel. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this text and James. Thank you for how kind you are, Lord, to take care of us and to save us only by Jesus. Father, forgive us that we wander away from that, that we really want our own self to be lifted up. Help us, Lord, to continue to trust, to understand the law, to realize we've died to it, to faithfully trust in, in Jesus. Help us to do this, not just in this building, but in our daily life. In Jesus' name, amen.